That's how you know it's good. Is it possible your house is haunted by... The ghost of Joe Diffie. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I was hearing that in my headphones, man. It's... If you're an, if you're a dead country singer looking for reanimation back into the world, what better place to start than here? Than yeah. right here. Yeah. This is the place. I mean, uh, did jo- was Joe Diffie? Here's a quarter call. Someone who cares. That's Travis Trail. Uh, he was propping me up beside the prop, Yeah. Before I die. If you recall that the woman on Twitter saying that he was hung. Oh. So yeah, I ran into the cowboy in the <laughs> late nineties. Wait, was was that after he died? I think so. Like he died. It's like the day he died of COVID, (laughs) and she was like, "Yeah, I ran into the cowboy in the early nineties, and the reason he could prop be propped up beside the jukebox (laughs) is because he had a third leg or something like that. Something goofy." The same lady who said that Beto was the type of guy to make you know make you come into your crimes. It wasn't the same one, but it's the same genre of person. Love that. Like we've got we enough of those types of posts, in my opinion. Just exceedingly horny on Maine. Yeah. Um I mean it's like if you're gonna get memorialized though, I mean he was one of the earliest casualties of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, you know, that was the aura of early COVID. It's like, oh, big dick Joe Diffie died, but at least he pleased a few. Women before he went out, more than a few, it would say. Yeah, it's like that's what that's. I mean, we talk about casualties of COVID, like Joe Diffie, yes, but also his monster cock. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the real loss there. I was thinking the other day, I was trying to make up a Indian version of Dwight Yoakam's guitars, Cadillacs, yeah, hillbilly music. It's like sitars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> What's it, what's What'd it, you come up with? <laughs> what's a popular kind of car in India? Ta- Tata. <laughs> Rickshaw? I got the Tatas. The Tatas? Yeah, like the, I guess they're kind of like the um, Fiats of India, kind of like a mm. affordable everyman vehicle or something. Um, Yeah, I, I forgot. Sitars and Tatas. <laughs> I was looking for is rickshaw even a kind of car? Rickshaw is that is no, that that's, a car? No, that's one of those uh, like when like a, a rickshaw driver like you know you hop in the little carriage and they take you places. Okay, but they're popular in India, right? I don't know. <laughs> I've never been. Uh, Maruti Maruti Swift is a popular car in India. Maruti Suzuki. So it's like sitars. Maruti's Punjabi music. Punjabi music. God, that would be good. <laughs> I should know these things. I've I've gotten really into. Sita. I, I watched a movie called RRR. I've, I'm really into Indian cinema. Ah. Uh, <laughs> what's the What's the message of RRR? <laughs> I'm just joking. Um. Yeah, you're right. Tata, it's on here. I, we get the Mahindra Thar. The fucking Indian cars are crazy. Mahindra Thar. Um, yeah, sitars, Mahindras, Punjabi music. Yeah. <laughs> That's Dwight Jokum. <laughs> oh, man. I'm I'm on low cylinder energy right now. Yeah. It's like, dude, okay. Uh, you know, like, of all the drugs I've done, 
you know, I'm not proud of, obviously, but I've never done a drug quite as strong as um black that, tar heroin. Dude, I, I I am willing to go out and say this. The sh- dude, I'm hearing the country music. What is this that? truck made her fall in love? This truck made her fall in love. Yeah, I, you thought I was you thought I was lying to you, didn't you? Where's it coming from? Is it somehow? No, there's no way it's coming from that recorder. This truck made her fall in love. Well, it's kind of a nice little, you know, kind of like elevator music. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to get picked up on the recording. I hope it does. You know, that's a great message. This truck made her fall in love. <laughs> I'm, you know, it's like, how do you think I got a girlfriend? Yeah, it's like the great pimp C said, she don't like me, she wants to fuck my car. <laughs> Literally. He was talking about the yeah, David Cronenberg yeah, yeah. movie he Crash. Wasn't, he wasn't saying she just likes a man that drives nice cars. What he was saying was, no, she actually... She, she's an autophile? <laughs> something like that. It's the it's the Cronenberg movie Crash. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's, okay, to answer this question of what this song is, we have to look. This truck made her... Now we got a new song. It's and it's more pronounced. Dude, how the fuck is it picking this up? I, are, is there something about these headphones or something? The microphones are they picking up some radio signal or something? I, I, how's that even possible? Like, there's no music in here. There's no audible music. It seems like it's being picked up by something. Yeah. Now it's gone. Now it's gone. <laughs> That's the ghost of Joe Diffie. It, the song was Tyler Hubbard, five foot nine. Hmm. Damn, that's, what a it, bad, what it, that's a bad hot to be. <laughs> what a song. Five foot nine. Jack makes good whiskey. Yeah, red dirt makes good riding roads. Country makes good music for kicking up dust in a taillight glow. God makes five foot nine brown eyes in a sundress. Loves Tim McGraw. In a oh, small she's five foot nine. In she's the one that's five foot nine. Oh, okay, yeah, not him. He's probably five foot five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, I want to climb that tall tree, <laughs> that five nine tree, <laughs> that slightly above average height tree. <laughs> he, he, yeah, Tyler Hubbard is probably five foot three. You know, of all the things in life, I'm glad I wasn't like a short guy. I'm not like tall. I'm average height. I'm average in every way. Well, <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier this week when. Uh, you know, there was some some more uh, an, another round of penis size discourse popped off. <laughs> was there? Yeah, and one thing that guys I, I, didn't imme- catch that. I love one thing guys immediately say, myself included, when defending small penis body shame mm-hmm. is, yeah, yeah. "Well, I'm average, but <laughs> like you have to make sure that you point out that, that you you're are average. that you you are adequate." <laughs> but there are friends of yours that aren't, and you need to be like respectful of them. They're still worthy of love. But me, not me. I'm average. I'm average. Yeah. Average is an amazing cop-out. It's an amazing, like, neutral position. It's like, you know, I mean, no one would reasonably look at me and say, that's Joe Diffie propping himself up. (laughs) Well, this guy's no Joe Diffie. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe a Tyler Hubbard? Maybe. (laughs) Look at this fucking guy, Tyler Hubbard. Come on, man. Is that one of the guys from uh, Florida Georgia Line? It is. It's one half of Florida Georgia Line. Dude, okay. 
this is weird. You remember Chris Tomlin? Chris Tomlin. He was a Christian singer when we were growing up. Chris he was like Tomlin. a. He was like. Can't remember. I don't know how to explain it. He was like a Christian. He did like worship music and stuff, but it was also he did like singer songwriter type shit, like yeah. Savage Garden type shit. Okay. In the, in the CCM days, when I I had the Christian station on the other day. And there was this song that kind of sounded like Miley Cyrus or something like that. And I looked it up. It's Chris Tomlin with Florida Georgia Line. Florida Georgia Line is this, getting in on the Christian. CCM thing. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. I was uh, perusing Toby Mac's Twitter following. Yeah. He's got a lot of like, like Jason Isbell follows Toby Mac. Mm. Like, so is Isbell down with DC Talk? Dude. This I is, think it's I think it's this I think it's the nexus of CCM country music all is in Nashville like Nashville's the industry town that's for both ex- of them that is one hundred percent so they all probably cross paths why do you think that is why do you think CCM settled in Nashville in Nashville I probably the same reason like Ben Shapiro and all them are moving there or Austin where the fuck is everyone Austin and Nashville kind of similar we, I feel like do we need to go to should, Nashville? should we go we but not for podcasts just be session musicians. <laughs> You boys want a guy that can play three notes on <laughs> three chords on a keyboard, dude. Don't sell yourself short. You can play a wood block. <laughs> yeah, that's what I play. The uh, it's like that episode of King of the Hill when Bobby wants to be in the band. He starts blowing the jug. Yeah, I mean, dude. The, I mean, the, you got to have those in Nashville. I um, this I got a good ear. I'm like Rick Rubin. I just need mm, a while to paint. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. This it that is a decisive shift from how things were when I was a kid. When I was a kid, Christian singers were always trying to break into the mainstream secular world. But now you've got mainstream secular singers trying to break into the Christian world. Here's where I think it crossed. I think it's when Kanye had Kirk Franklin on his album. You think that when was that him? was well, it might have been even before that. But yeah, that was definitely a moment where it was like, you. when we were kids, we never thought that. Uh-uh. I had a dream one time. Let me tell you what's really weird about that. And I swear to God, you could ask Tyra on this. I had a dream when I was a kid one time that Marilyn Manson got saved. <laughs> and then fast forward 22 years later, he was he was doing that Kanye Sunday service shit where he was doing like the, like Justin Bieber and Kanye were like praying with Marilyn Manson. I love that you went and told Tyrone that I have a I have this dream life. I didn't frame it as I had a vision. <laughs> let me just say that. I didn't say I was like a seer that, you know. Uh-huh. I didn't prophesy. <laughs> but I did dream that. That's a that what's well, also a hilarious thing for a kid to dream. Yeah. It's like there's still hope for him. He'll well, come around. Maybe, you know, what reminded me of is the other day when you said that Kevin Max from DC Talk said that he said in a magazine he'd like to hang out with Marilyn Manson. Mm-hmm. I probably read that somewhere at the time. You probably did. Probably, that probably is why I dreamed that. But let's just. But it, I, who's to say it was not a prophecy, though? Right. Well, I I wouldn't say he's been saved yet. Does Marilyn Manson strike you as the kind of guy that would accept Jesus into his heart? He kind of strikes me as the type of guy that was just trying to save his ass with all that heat about the mm-hmm. allegations and everything. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I guess it's not a true conversion, but also mm-hmm. I'm not the the judge. Um, Arrow, stop. 
I mean, I'm still amazed that this is picking up music. It's a it's a radio. Ninety eight point one, the bull. Yeah, we're 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 getting radio <laughs> signals through there. The headphones. I did not know that was a thing. Uh, but that's an interesting thing because um, does that mean it goes both ways? Does that mean someone's getting our podcast? frequency right now <laughs> somebody's in the booth of the bull say what are these guys you can't say joe diffie's hung on here where are you <laughs> what is that <laughs> that's true are we going out are we going out to the airwaves live we're right in the bull 98.1 yeah T- tune in 98.1 the bull right now <laughs> dude that, what that would be a great premise someone's driving in their car they're listening they're like yo the the ninety eight point one the bull like you know, it's really been going downhill in recent years. But they had these two guys on there talking about how Joe Diffie was hung, had a monster in his pants. More of that program. More of that, please. <laughs> they call in more of that, please. And then we become local radio stars. We don't have to podcast anymore. That's true. You got to <laughs> tune in ninety eight point one the bull. That has always been you get my them dream. Clear channel checks, baby. That's exactly, dude. That's what my dream has always been. Like back in the day when I used to listen, to <laughs> being easy listening DJ. Be, be, uh, I, I've always wanted to be a, a DJ, smoke cigarettes in the booth. Okay. Um, have someone come in there, banging on the window, trying to cut me off as I'm describing in detail Joe Diffie every single centimeter. <laughs> Joe Diffie. And there are and there are many. <laughs> uh, there are many centimeters of it. <laughs> like you talk about hour of power. That's, that would be our hour of power. It's like every every minute of this hour, we're going to be describing a new centimeter. <laughs> Joe Duffy's root. Oh, man. That's fucked up. John Prine died around the same time, and no one said that about John Prine. But here's the thing. I bet Prine was hung. You think so? Yeah, I bet he was. Interesting. You don't think that? Just never really got that vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I like how yeah, you said it like you've I actually I've thought long and hard about yeah. it but just never came out I bet Pride was hung like a damn bank mule I don't know I bet he was average no no way no he way. might have been average skewing towards large but told his friends he was average skewing towards small because he was a humble man you want to be yeah well I don't know I don't know if you can have everything in life I don't know if you can write perfect songs and also have a huge cock so one or the other it's true you know it happens though. I'm still leaning toward prime, huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see it. I guess. Every once in a while, let me tell you something. Every once in a while, there's a five nine guy that'll blow your mind. That <laughs> <laughs> you just be like, I didn't see that. You know what I mean? Wait, so five nine is tall, or is that I no, mean, no, short? no, no? You're saying no, five no, nine? No, is short? I mean just like a down the middle average hot guy. Yeah, not not particularly short, not particularly tall, and just hung like a six six guy. Yeah. Yeah. I went to high school with a guy named Turk that was like that. Really? He wasn't even five nine. He's probably five six, but he had one like a like Hebrew national between his legs. Well, the the thing is, and I fully intend on spending the next fifty minutes talking about roots. Okay. But in high school, you don't really know why that's a big deal. A big deal, you know? Yeah. You just told that it is, but. I think I was acutely aware from a young age. <laughs> you knew? Yeah. You knew? I Who knew told what, you? 
Nah, I just had that's to, one of those things. That's one of those things that you are told. I feel like taught. Yeah, it's, you're saying and it's an instinctive thing. You're saying that it's a you're born with an innate awareness. Listen, I told myself there's not a CIA torture tactic in the book that would get me to admit this alive on the TV or alive on the <laughs> pod. But I'm sure I'm going to tell you something. Okay. I petitioned God one time for a huge dick. <laughs> I did. I cried. I did. I cried. I'll never forget where I was at. I was in my mother's bathroom. You cried out. I cried out to, to the heavens. <laughs> I did. I said, Lord, please don't let me be. <laughs> please don't let me be. I forget what it was. You can imagine God clocking in at like 9, 13 a.m. He's like still a little hungover and he's <laughs> going through his mail inbox like someone wants a new car someone wants a a, a spouse somebody what? wants to be healed of cancer <laughs> cancer 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 <laughs> botulism what <laughs> like, go, go, hey come over here uh uh, uh what Az- Az- azirith or something that's like an angel's name i'll just go gabriel he's, we, go, we, okay, we know gabriel. he's real all right all right well, the angels always had weird names. There yeah. was Gabriel. He was the most normal angel. But the other ones were named like Zazeroth and shit like that. There was Zs and As. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess, I mean, the Bible doesn't really specify much you, about that. You might also be confusing that the Bible with the Necronomicon from the Evil <laughs> Dead. But, but yeah. Those are the <laughs> Your two- point. Two uh, formative texts. Those were the two books we had in our house. Yeah. Those were the only two. We had the Book of the Dead, and we had yeah, and the, the, Bible. the Holy Bible. <laughs> no in between. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how else are you supposed to get places? I mean, that's how I got places growing up. We recited a text from the Book of the Dead. A, fo- a hole opened up in our floor. <laughs> yeah. We went in it, and that's how we went to the grocery store. Oh, we're still getting it though. We're still maybe we're the antennas. Maybe it's my mercury feelings. Maybe it's your mercury feelings. Like you know what I'm saying? Like we're picking up, and by holding these microphones, we're putting it into the recorder. This has never happened in all the times we've recorded over here. Yeah, we record some classics over here. It's where Devil's Milkshake was formed. Yeah, this must be a day that the the frequencies are strong. On all ends, on all, you know, on all fronts. Yeah. I can't think of any other explanation for it. I'm going back to Diffy. Well, I mean, you wouldn't talk about a guy that could pick up a, a radio a signal. signal. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about a guy that could, <laughs> really, with a real antenna on there. <laughs> uh, where I was going a minute ago is uh, there is no, there is no, um, drug on earth that is more powerful and more sedating like jordan peterson's fucking up you know fucking with his um like xanax and stuff there is nothing on the earth more powerful than uh eating like 300 milligrams of sugar and a fried burrito in the cafeteria of hobbs high school and then going to social studies and then falling asleep in class, you know what I'm saying. And then when you wake up, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. Like when you would I fall asleep, when you would fall asleep in class, and you would wake up, and your whole fucking body would feel like like syrup. Yeah, you <laughs> you would feel 
completely like you like gelatinous. <laughs> I know what you mean. Why do we not feel that anymore? Is that because we just don't eat as much sugar as we did when we were teenagers? Uh, pr- that's probably part of. It. I think the other part of it is I kind of do sometimes. <laughs> I had a weird nap. You ever have a weird nap? I, I I try not to take naps because naps for me are rolls of the dice. Right. That's the radio station too. That sounds like Cademan's call. Every time your phone goes off, I think it's Cademan's call. Oh Lord, I see your face. Pl- turn it back on. I want to sing to it. Oh Lord, I see <laughs> your face. Oh Lord, I see your face. Oh man! I mean, it's like, wh- like how much of your teenage years were spent feeling like absolute shit? Because you ate way worse back then than you do now. Well, you know? I, the, my problem is I'm. I basically, except for a couple of stretches at a time, have eaten the same. Mm-hmm. And I, I have felt like dirt, even into middle age. <laughs> See, this is more like mud, the the sensation I'm describing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's more like mud that's been mashed, that's had manure mashed into it. I know, that's well. And molasses yeah. as well. Like, mud with molasses and manure. Yeah. Mud, molasses, manure. The big, the three M's. Three M's. <laughs> like yeah. that's what you feel like when you wake up in a from a nap from a sugar coma induced nap. Oh, yeah. In fourth, um, what do they call those? Like, what do they call those? Fourth period. You know, in class you'd have like first period, second period, yeah, third yeah, period. Yeah, yeah. We had like sixteen periods. I think we had seven. I'm just kidding. We had seven. <laughs> <laughs> What if we had like 37 periods? Bro? <laughs> you go to one class for five minutes. <laughs> that would be tough. This is Terrence's uh, re- educational reforms. And that's another good way to avoid school shootings because if you're constantly moving kids <laughs> yeah, yeah. from one class to the next. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's yeah, hard, harder to, harder to yeah. plan for that. Yeah, 43 periods. You spend three minutes in each one. It's like hit training for academics, you know. <laughs> it's like, hey, you know these. You can get your workout done in just seven minutes a day. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. I'll sign up for that. Yeah, I think I'll go extra hard. For I think that's a good <clears throat> smaller period of time. Um, I was reading that. Um, speaking of childhood, I was reading that Andrew Tate thing in Buzzfeed about his childhood. Did you read that? I I didn't, but. What's any any takeaways? There's nothing in it that's like. Well, I mean, you don't really need. A, no, you don't need a advanced degree in Freudian psychoanalytics to know what was his father's situation like. It was not great. Yeah, that's what I figured. His father, his father taught taught him how to play chess and fight. See, I don't. I'm not buying that. His daughter, his father told him how to play chess and fight. You don't get both of those. You get unless you're like Jizza from Wu Tang Clan. Like my, I wanted to play chess, but my dad was trying to teach me how to fight. You know what oh, I'm saying? Okay, he's like, son, <laughs> quit, quit, quit being a loser. Come over, let me show you a few things. No, seriously, yeah. Like he would like fucking to. He would like <clears throat> take me out at the knees. 
and like pin me to the ground and be like, fight back. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I just want to fucking play chess. <laughs> no, no. I just and he, and here's chess. the thing. I didn't learn either. I didn't learn how to fight or play chess. That's how I was stunted in my development. Damn, man. But what I'm saying is that you only, your father either teaches you chess or fighting. Not both. Yeah. No, you can't. You can't have it all. Again, know. going back to the Prime's Maxim. Prime's Maxim, you can't have can't it have all. all. Um, let, I'll just read this. As a five-year-old, Andrew once said, he asked his father for a dark light because he was scared of the dark. He took my ass up to my bedroom, locked me in the bedroom in the dark. He said, there's monsters in there, son. Good luck. See you tomorrow. I mean, uh, do you think that's real? Because like he, I feel like he's a notorious liar. He also talks weird as fuck. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know what to make of that guy. I think, uh, it says dad locked him in a room, so there's monsters in there. Good luck. Yeah, that's not even that bad. My dad, like, threw a baseball at my face, so I stopped being scared of the ball. And that, and that's, well, and not, what, what I'm saying is, like, that's a life lesson that has paid off. I'm no longer afraid of the baseball. You can come up to me walking down the streets, throw a baseball, I'm going to take it in the face because I'm not scared of it. <laughs> let everybody just I just challenge you man if next time you see Terrence throw a baseball in his face and let's see how true this is I had the opposite experience I, I'm like hyper vigilant because I took I took one right up the middle I was pitching in Little League took uh-huh. one right up the middle and busted my two front teeth out dude I've been that's happened to me too also the very first time I ever got punched in the face was at a baseball game I don't remember what happened. I I still to this day I don't remember what happened. I wish I could find the kid and ask him why he punched me in the face. <laughs> I thought you were going to. I wish I could find that son of a bitch. <laughs> Make that right. <laughs> Wait, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I wish I could find. Just ask him why he did that. But I remember I have, I was wearing glasses, and he fucking punched me in the fucking nose. That's I hey, listen. Horrible optics. Yeah. In the nineties, I mean yeah. the the punchline of every fucking mm-hmm. teenage ninja you would hit a man in glasses, would you? That's true, man. And then the guy just hits the man in glasses. So, who would hit a guy in glasses? That's how you knew that guy. That guy's probably a psychopath right now. He was probably the Long Island State Killer. Could be. He's probably now. He's probably a serial killer. Is there any guys running around New Mexico with some outstanding so, warrants for serial murder? Serial murder or yeah. I mean, playing the knockout game. Just fucking hitting dudes with glasses. I saw a video of the knockout game the other day. Really? It's yeah. still going on. Yeah, it was this. It was this kid break dancing on the corner. He had a guy <laughs> playing the from the beatbox or whatever, yeah. and he was like dancing to. I can't remember what it was. Maybe they made I the think song. I saw up. this game. And some guy pulls up, jumps out of the car, runs up behind the, this fifty-year-old kid, and just knocks him the fuck out. I saw. And that. he got seven years in prison for it. I saw that. It's a little too much for the knockout game. I'll be honest with you, fifteen-year-olds are annoying. He should have gave him. I gave him nine months. Mm-hmm. You can't be doing that. But like, come on. Seven well, see, years. I feel the same way about prison that I do about school. Uh, we should, under my reform package, you get, you can have up to like a hundred thousand life sentences, but a life sentence equals like five minutes. De- five minutes. You, you say, listen, you say, listen, I'm going to give you 50 second consecutive life sentences of the eyebrow mite, <laughs> which lives like three days. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Of, of a that's, fly that's how. That's how. Listen, this is how we bring the criminal justice system to its knees. <laughs> you, 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 that would be amazing. Mandatory yeah. life, but <laughs> nobody said what kind of life. 
<laughs> You're in the court. Yeah. Mr. What was that guy in South Carolina? Alexis Murdoch. Murdoch. Mr. Murdoch, I sentence you to three consecutive life sentences. Of the house common cockroach. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, yeah. Well, no, the cockroach would be the, the worst sentence you could Oh, get. do they live forever? Well, even after nuclear fallout and everything. like That would be the worst. Okay, like what's a bug that like, lives uh, three days? It, probably like a, I don't know, like a fruit fly or something. Okay. Yeah. Of the tsetse tsi fly. Yeah, a bog knit or something like that, you know. <laughs> something that's, you know. Yeah. And the whole fucking courtroom erupts. Like, oh, judge, this is yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a good one. You're like, but seriously, but no, uh, you're going to serve 43 days for these seven <laughs> murders, <laughs> and then you just hit the gavel. <laughs> Did you pay attention to that case at all? What the Murdoch thing, yeah. man? I tell I said this though on Twitter, but it's true. I didn't know anything about that. When I first saw it on TV, I said, they got Eric C. Kahn back in court, I say. <laughs> he does look a lot like They him. look a lot alike. They look very similar. So, nah, I don't know. I don't really know anything about it. What did, what did he do? Okay, let me see if I can piece this together from my uh, memory. Um, Was it some sort of, uh, like, uh, Medicare scam or something like that? I think, kind of. What his law practice was? Oh no no no! What he, is this the guy that took out the life insurance policies? Yeah, and then like killed. Well, so what had happened was if I see if I can remember this. something like that. What had happened was his son. It all it all blew up because his son, one of he had two sons. One of them took out the family boat like on a lake in South Carolina. I knew there was a boat involved. Yeah. yeah. And he like wrecked the boat and killed like three people. Okay. Like the the children of other uh, really rich people. Uh, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's just summertime in the South. <laughs> uh, you're going to have some rich asshole that kills a friend of his either on some sort of motorcycle. <laughs> yes. Or a boat or something. Dude, I know. I mean, because I, I, I always had friends like that. I had friends that like had lake houses, and I would like go with them to their lake houses, and I would just be blown the fuck away because like it would be like the Hobbs rich diaspora at this like lake community. Like yeah. all the richest people in Hobbs would be here just fucking doing blow and smoking weed and just getting shit faced yeah. and riding boats. Around. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is a whole other world. Yeah, and uh. And there's like very little supervision of like the teenagers. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, every, like everybody, everybody growing up in the South has like been on a lake where somebody gets like a like a concussed, bloody head wound from like jumping and hitting their head on like a dock or a uh -huh. rock or something like that. Right, right, right. And sometimes those people just stay there and party with that like bleeding <laughs> head. <wound. laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, you really should seek attention for that. Well, it's it's usually because like those teenagers are like allowed to drink their parents' booze, and their parents don't give a shit. Yeah, you know. Yeah. The gnarliest thing I saw one time was a guy diving in and catching his front shin oh. on the platform, and it just ripped down to the bone. And so, like, he gets out. <laughs> And, like, you just see muscles palpitating, squirting blood everywhere. <laughs> and he goes, is it bad? <laughs> and I'm like, all I can do not to pass Looks out. good, Gary. <laughs> Looks good. Just walk it off. Yeah. 
Mike Owen, he had to have his had to take some meat from his ass and fill it in. They had to his, take yeah, ass yeah, meat. Yeah, he had to get. Yeah, he had to get grafted. Man, that sucks because I don't think I would make that bargain because like I need as much ass meat as I can uh, get. Yeah, I, I can't spare any ass meat. No, nah, I'd be cooked. I mean, like I'd I, be cooked. Yeah, I I would say just leave it, fellas. Yeah. Doc, leave. You're gonna have to take that ass meat. And from somewhere fairness, else. Mike had big juicy ass, so he had <laughs> he had something to spare, but. Shoe on the other foot, I'd be yeah, that'd be it for me. I'd say no. I think I'll just do the cool blood. Mm-hmm. I just leave. I, it. I just walk around like this. Yeah. <laughs> my just shin just in the air. <laughs> that would be cool. You know. Oh God, dude! I can't, oh, I gotta get it out of my mind. Okay. <laughs> well, in this boat. Okay, so I don't think. Okay, now that I said that, the other victims were rich kids. That's <laughs> how I thought when you said it in this boat. I was like, man, what if we did skin a marink on a pontoon? <laughs> <laughs> and instead of like you being a kid, you're like a teenager. In this boat. In this boat. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just keeps repeating that. You're like, what the? Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a 17-year-old who drank <laughs> on a dare 23 bush lights. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it gets turned upside down. Yeah. And like all your friends from high school that like died in drunk driving accidents, like they just like <laughs> they, pop they, up. They pop like, up. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, whoa. <laughs> Dude, I, ha- I had some friends like that. I think about them a lot. I do too. I had a lot of friends die of yeah. drug overdoses or yeah. car wrecks or something like I think that. About, I think about them a lot. Four wheeler stuff. They're yeah. probably looking down on us right now. They might be responsible for us getting the bull, 98.1, the bull entry here Could right be now. true. And also, just, man, it's like, my life, I, my sacrifice was giving these fuckers content, huh? Mm-hmm. Why me, Lord? That's what you have to ask. <laughs> Why me? Uh, I think, okay, the Murdoch kid. I think that he, uh, I don't, I, I misspoke a second ago, I think. I don't think that the, all the other kids on the boat and I think that there was like two or three people that died or someone, some of them may have gotten seriously gravely injured. There was some like maybe working class kids on there because again, you know, you probably know this game, but like if you are growing up in a town, like the towns we grew up in, what you always want to do is befriend the rich kids. Their parents' medicine cabinets always had crazy shit in it. They always let you drink. They, you always got to eat way better food at their place. Usually their houses had two stories. Where I come from, you, if you were poor, you didn't have two stories. <laughs> <laughs> Usually they had a pool in their yard. Dude, they had amenities that you didn't have. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why you, you were like, you had to develop social skills and social graces yeah. to like ingratiate yourself with people who would probably... Re- kill you in a boat accident and then walk away and act like nothing happened. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Uh, listen, you go to like sleepovers with the, at those type of places, man. It's, oh yeah, oh yeah. You get shabby treatment. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, they always had better, especially sna- when you pee the bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They also had better snacks too. Oh, that's These, true. You know what I mean? The, their their snack drawer would be fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's true. Um. Anyways, all of which is to say, this kid wrecked this boat. Okay, mm. 
and it set into motion <clears throat> several different things. This guy Murdaugh was like <clears throat> a, a part of a, a law dynasty, like part of a family dynasty in South Carolina. Yeah. And so like his grandpa, like, you know, bucked up and was like, no, nah, it's not this kid's fault. Like, we're going to defend him and all this. And I guess in the process of all this, the dad was like seriously hooked on Oxycontin. I think he was taking a lot of pills. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> he was, if he had just taken my advice and just ate and eaten, like I said, 800 milligrams of sugar and taken a nap in social studies, you could get about the same effect. That's, you don't, yeah. You don't have sure. to take, you don't have to hit foilies of Oxycontin. No, you don't have to bang 80s between your toes, yeah. cook down with toilet bowl water. <laughs> yeah, you, you can get the same effect. Yeah. He didn't know that. He did not listen to this program. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like he had a bad, he had a bad uh, habit, he, and he also like I think he, he was he claimed that he was like trying to like look out for his son, the one that got in the boat accident, and so he like took an insurance policy out on like his wife and himself, and so he. I, I, dude, I'm I'm missing some crucial steps. I don't remember how we got to this barn in the middle of nowhere, but he like took his wife and son out there, his other son, and killed them. I mean, I have to say, I mean, I I was surprised that they found him guilty of this because I kind of thought the evidence was a little bit shaky. But he apparently he's indicted by a court as having done this. So okay, uh, he apparently took them out and killed them, and then called nine one one and acted like he had just found them like that. Uh-huh. And you can hear the 911 call Like I listened to it Because I'm a sick fuck I'm a sick bastard And I like to hear that kind of shit <laughs> What did they say? He was like oh my god Oh god He's like that kind like of Like selling it but like not at all selling yeah, it Yeah it did sound a little bit fishy um, And uh, and then like a couple weeks later He hired some guy to take him out onto like a dirt road in the middle of nowhere and and shoot him and execute him, Murdoch. Uh, but the guy like fucked it up. He like he he um he totally screwed. Botched the he botched it. Man, listen, if you pay a good man money, good money to kill you, <laughs> you gotta make sure he's gonna do please it. Please just do it. <laughs> guy, and also, it's not that hard to just make it right real quick. Yeah, yeah. So the guy botched it. Uh, why he wanted to die is unclear. Probably because he felt guilty over probably killing. Why his... he wanted to die is unclear. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't even hazard a guess. <laughs> this is okay. There are fucking dozens and dozens of true crime podcasts out there about this case that have been going on for years before this even came to trial. Right. So like. The fact that I'm even trying to describe it here in this, in this, forum. <laughs> this poor post sugar <laughs> forum that's okay is kind of embarrassing, but that's the general. Those are the broad strokes. Okay, okay. so this guy has to stand trial. Like, mm. what had happened to him after the botched attempt? Uh, he like. He got a little bit of an, a bruise on his head, like an ouchie. He got a boo-boo. He got a boo-boo. <laughs> you pay a man to kill you, and he gives you a boo-boo. <laughs> Jesus. A boo-boo. You can't get a good hitman these days, can you? You can't. That's the thing. Like, 
If you want a good hitman, you're going to have to go to, like, Ukraine or something. Well, man, now that Victor, the Merchant of Death, is out, Mm. I'm sure that's going to change. But Who's that? Who's the Victor Merchant of Death? You know, the guy that Biden traded for Brittany Griner. We traded a a Merchant of Death for Brittany Griner? We traded... (laughs) We trade a Russian arms dealer called Victor. I think it's Victor Booth. We what? Victor Booth. Something like I forget what his name was. His name was. We traded an arms dealer named Victor Boot. Victor, but yeah, I think that was it. Might have been <laughs> Boot or Boot. But anyway, this guy's nickname was the Merchant of Death. What? And we traded the Merchant of Death for uh, for Brittany Griner. I mean, it's probably a fair trade. Brittany Griner seems pretty chill, honestly. Like. No, no, no. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that. I just think it's pretty funny. It is a funny trade. It's like, (laughs) do we not have any Russian athletes in our prisons that we can give to them? You don't have anybody like called the like the (laughs) the 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 Omaha Strangler over there and (laughs) Petrograd or anything? No. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we should like give like somebody like we've had locked up. From the eighties, from the like, you know, the, or the ninety two Atlanta games or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. For Brittany Grinder, and we should, you know, I'm just saying, athlete for athlete. Yeah. Uh, war criminal for daily, war criminal. War criminal, right. for war criminal You're yeah. right. It is a weird. It is a weird disjunction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, because if I was if I was Brittany Grinder, I would be asked. That would probably give me a identity crisis. I'd be, I'd be like, is this motherfucker Biden comparing me to the Merchant of the Death? Merchant of- <laughs> yeah, that's really. Anytime that you're the Merchant of something, it's got Merchant that. of Venice, <laughs> the, the Merchant, merchant of, of Venice, Death. the Merchant of Death. Yeah. Uh, so now you're being anti-Semitic. Yeah, is that was it? Merchant of Venice, anti-Semitic. I don't know. <laughs> if I hadn't fallen asleep in the English thirty-seventh period class, I, I just know that Shakespeare had some. Anti-Semitic uh-huh. things going on there. See, you know, I think he did. I think he did. Isn't that merchant where the the concept of the pound of flesh comes from? I think so. Yeah. Once again, though, I couldn't. Um, is it, I tried to because, re- like, after high school, I had Shakespeare's collected works, and I tried to read it to seem smart. And I'd get like three lines in, and it's like, "Doth hath the sun peek through." the slanted window and that kind of stuff you know what i mean the the warped glass in my in mine own eye in mine own eye <laughs> fun, like, what my, the fuck is this my, the funny one of the funniest <laughs> in english one of the funniest appalachian things people always say is that the appalachian english is the english shakespeare spoke <laughs> like i had people i'll never forget <laughs> I was in high school English class, and there was a guy in there fixing the uh, AC. Yeah, and uh, they were teaching Shakespeare, and this guy comes down like out of the ceiling, <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "If somebody had said something about like the way we talk or something, how like they're trying to lose their accent, and he said this guy comes down out of the ceiling like covered in grease and with like some tools, and says." Listen, he said. Probably covered in asbestos. <laughs> covered in asbestos. Listen, son. He said we speak the English Shakespeare spoke, <laughs> and he's like standing on the teacher's desk with all this gunk on his boots and stuff. What? <laughs> yeah, it ruled. Just crawling out of the ceiling, just to teach this kid a lesson and being proud of where you're from. And that's what I think we need in education reforms. 
we need micro classes with, uh, you know, le- leathered <laughs> men climbing out of the ceiling tiles. <laughs> tiles. Like he was working on the vent- ventilation system. He'd heard something that he just could not abide. Could not abide. <laughs> he came down out of there. And then the funny thing about it is, is after his teachable moment, he just kind of hoisted Went himself back. back up into the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did have Rebecca Coleman's class. I always loved that. <laughs> Just, All uh, right, folks. <laughs> yeah, that was your lesson for the night. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> Pulling himself back up in there. <clears throat> oh man! I was trying to think of other merchants, like merchants of. Are there merchants of happiness? Could you be a merchant of joy? Would that be a p- positive or negative? I guess you could be. Yeah, merchant of death suggests the existence of merchant of life. Yes. But I guess we, me and I both know who that is. <laughs> Joe Diffie? I was going to say Jesus Christ. Uh, but, <laughs> okay. But sure. Okay. JC, JD. Yeah. But it's like merchant of, uh, I wonder if there's a badass motherfucking teacher out there. Everyone knows him on high school campus. That's the merchant of learning. Yeah, like, don't the, fuck with yeah, him. That's the merchant of history. <laughs> that's the merchant of history. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do not fuck with him. Yeah. <clears throat> what was the guy that came out of the ceiling? What would he be the merchant of? Um, <clears throat> the <laughs> merch. what, it's like the merchant of life lessons. <laughs> he said... Listen, <laughs> he has a point because I do think that there is a, well, okay. The thing with Shakespeare, it's like, you always have to interpret what the fuck it is. That's why I hated reading it because like, it's never immediately clear what anyone is saying. Like they'll be taught, they'll be exp- expressing like a simple life emotion or feeling or something like that, like jealousy or heartache or despair. But it'll have the fucking craziest, like, circuitous way of explaining it. Like, the sparrow doth flow into the stomach of the uh, dirt pile or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would just... You would have to really work hard. And I don't like working hard when I'm reading. Or at any time, for that matter. Or at any time, for that matter. Neither did that guy that came out of the ceiling. He was like... I could take five. <laughs> Teach his boys about hillbilly prone. I love that, dude. I fucking love that. Just if you're a teacher too, <clears throat> that's an amazing opportunity to uh, just step back and let life teach. Here's the stranger thing about all that. That happened the day before nine eleven. <laughs> Saw him. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't the merchant. Maybe he was the oracle. <clears throat> you know. I, that's, the harbinger of things. The, the har- yeah, yeah. he wasn't a merchant. He was a harbinger. Yeah, the harbinger yeah. of death. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's the thing, though. Like, I think that if you're a teacher, the best teacher in life is life itself. You know what I'm saying? I'm so true. And so so it's like you gotta you got to take those opportunities when they come. I'm thinking I'm gonna be that kind of guy. <laughs> what if that guy botched it? 
he was crawling out and slipped, <laughs> and he's like hanging by his utility belt. <laughs> he may have he may have poked his head out first. I can't remember exactly, but but I mean, like, did he descend like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible? <laughs> it was like that. I swear, it was like that. And the thing is, the he thing is, repels down. Well, here's what was so crazy about it. It was one of those, you know, those ceilings with just like the little tiles up, like the little foam yeah, tiles. Yeah, yeah. Very it's like, I don't know how he didn't fall through that. Because <laughs> those things, they're on these like metal slats that are so thin. thin. <laughs> mm-hmm. How he pulled himself out, I don't know, maybe it was. Well, in school, you used to daydream about those, you know, because I used to, I used to daydream about those all the time. Yeah. I'd be like, how can I get up there and walk around up there? How can I get trapped up there with my crush in a way that she has to give me a job? God. <laughs> God. That circumstances will lead us to a situation. What? How can I put how can I put myself in the best best position to get an HJ Like you will, have, you know. Those you, are the kind you, you of just, things. You just, but a young man spends a lot of time thinking about how he can get to second base. <laughs> I'm saying, like yeah, you you have a Push lot of yeah, there. you have a lot of fantasies like that. You're like, what if a school shooter came in here and shot like 13 people, and we were in a closet together? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's called imagination, people. Yeah. If you try to shame me. I dare you to come up with anything. Kids these days aren't having those kinds of fantasies. Kids these days are like, boo, 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 I'm going to do TikTok. Total idiots like Socrates was. <laughs> Socrates not, was alive today. He would be completely moronical <laughs> doing TikToks. They're not, they're not thinking, they're not thinking 12 steps ahead like we were. No. You know? It's <laughs> a hilarious thing. How can I, how can I climb up in the heating ducts and get a hand job from my crush? It's <laughs> an absurd thing to be thinking, even by your standard. Look, okay, it wasn't easy. It was not easy for me. So you know, when things aren't easy. That's when you resort to fantasy. <clears throat> That's true. That's what the imagination is for. That's what the brilliant human mind is for. Yeah. Retreating. Retreating. <laughs> retreating from the world. Mostly just retreating. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> Amazing. Wow. <laughs> this is like a school-heavy episode. A lot of imagery from schools, classrooms. Man, I've been... I've... God. I've been in a... A weird depression for the last couple of days and been thinking a lot about like those times. And I never think about those times. I don't know why I'm even really? thinking about those times. Yeah. Sometimes. It's such do. a trivial time in my life in the grand scheme of things. It is. At the time, you think it's fucking insane. Yeah. You think it's everything, man. Yeah. You know, sometimes I wish I would have lived a life that it was everything. I wish I was still. You wish you would have been one of those guys that. That looks at that as the good old days. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's the thing. I I wish I would have peaked in high school instead of peaking in my early thirties, which is what actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which instead of peaking now, which is exactly what's happening in real time. It, it, yes, like I I feel the downward slope, gravity pulling me towards the earth. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but I will. I wish I would have peaked at eighteen because then I would have had a a much 
more realistic grasp on life. Those guys, they know the secret to life. They yeah. know the secret, which is that an 18, a 18-year-old virile young man knows everything about the world. Has the ultimate knowledge and wisdom. Everything but a rim job. <laughs> I know about everything but a rim job. That's exactly right. <laughs> that is so funny. That is exactly right. I get to see him this week. <laughs> Good to see my brother, and I'm going to fucking razz him for the time he told me he knew everything there is to know about girls except for a rim job. Which it's funny that he had heard of it and just didn't know what it was about, what it was. Yeah. Well, I think that's why he said that. I let, this has been a an item of dispute between me and my brother for me, my other brother for many years. Why he said that? And I think it's because he wanted us to tell him what a rim job was. See what oh, I'm saying? He was trying to be like. He was trying to be like, yeah, I know everything there is to know about girls, except for a rim job. And then like, he was kind of snuck that in. And he there. was like, but there was a dot, dot, dot at the end of that. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. You guys going to tell me what it is? Tell me what a rim job is? <laughs> Which at that time, I could have told him just based off of my own fantasies, though, because I'd never experienced a rim job by that point. So, you know what I mean? I, I, I hadn't been trapped in the HVAC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if you go to school in your mid-30s <laughs> and there's a guy like, there's just a, you know, the guy that told us about Shakespeare is like Mario, but there's a there's a universe where Wario comes out. Wario comes out and tells you about <laughs> I'll tell you what a rim job is. <laughs> that could have gone so south. Yeah. Like a guy pops out of your ceiling in a classroom. They're lucky you you're lucky he was talking about Shakespeare because he could have come out saying some crazy <laughs> shit. Yeah. I mean, Sally Hubbard's sex ed class yeah. and maybe a different story. Or he could have come out saying some cryptic shit, just being like, "This time tomorrow, building seven will, building seven will fall." You guys will be like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" Building he's just seven? like in a in a daze, and then he just comes through, like, "Boys, I don't know where that came yeah, from." But uh. as best I've been, just, <laughs> all I know is I'm gonna go fill up all these all these empty containers full of gasoline tonight. <laughs> oh man, not for nothing. If you got American Airlines stock. <laughs> <laughs> Sell it off. <laughs> I remember I got a haircut on nine eleven on the afternoon of nine eleven. Wait, how? Well, I had to get I had a haircut scheduled, so and what? they and they, <laughs> they still did it. <laughs> What'd you talk about? They talked about nine eleven. Oh, okay. We talked about the terrorists and the oil and the you know the Middle East and everything. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> What were the takeaways? They they cited the Heritage Foundation, and they cited, you know they talked about you know yeah. Well, David Frum saying that, <laughs> is that what? yeah, it was like David Frum. David Frum had an article in the Atlantic about the Iraq War this week that he was getting roasted over, raked over the coals for. He's saying he did a boo boo. No, I think he said it was. I think he said we made. I think he did the same shit he always does. Which was that we made mistakes. We made mistakes. Um, I I don't know. I I don't have my computer with me right now. My computer's got the uh, plug-in that allows me around paywalls. So I don't have that on my phone. Would have been great if those guys hadn't heard about it yet. Heard about what? I don't know. Which guys? Like if you would have broke the news to your barber. Oh, to the barber, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You just walk in there whistling. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I did. I don't remember. 
I want to remember the only reason I remember that is because I remember coming back from it, and all of the gas stations being fucking full, full. Yeah, because I, I I just got my hair cut and I was looking fresh, and I was like, man, I don't give a fuck about <laughs> I don't give a fuck about nine eleven. All I give a fuck about is a rim job. You were ready to go fight. I was ready to go fight. God, not for freedom and not terrorists. It's like <laughs> just because I had a bitch in there, dude. <laughs> I had I, exactly. I looked, I looked fresh as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I need to go fight somebody. I got my ears long. Time to go kick somebody's ass. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's like a guy. It's like you and the guy that bowled a three hundred on nine eleven. <laughs> <clears throat> um, <laughs> that's still the funniest thing I've ever. Man, heard. I can't read this fucking thing. I, I, I actually, I think you can read the Atlantic articles with the twelve foot wall thing, the twelve foot ladder thing. Have they figured out a way around it? Yeah, dude. There's, I mean, you, you can't hold me back. I'm gonna. I'm the merchant of paywalls. I'm gonna get over that. Oh, I'm gonna get over that wall. I'm gonna. Get, I'm gonna get over that fucking wall. The Iraq War cons- reconsidered. The U.S.-led invasion was a grave and costly error, but 20 years on, another assessment is possible. Another assessment is possible. That's What's interesting. That? What's that? Some stuff we got right, some stuff we got wrong. <laughs> is that where he's going with this? Yeah, I like the turn of phrase, because it's like generally like another world is possible. You hear that phrase, but another assessment is possible. You're going to tell that to your doctor when he tells you to give you some bad news. <laughs> <laughs> David from your dick is the tiny <laughs> that's <laughs> the smallest I've ever seen. Well, I think another assessment is possible. <laughs> David, you have six months to live. Well, it says you. <laughs> no, you're really riddled with this incurable. Yeah, well, that's one man's opinion. <laughs> I'm saying another assessment is possible. The the country music stopped. Like 20 minutes ago, I feel like. Right? Yeah. I haven't heard it. If it gave up on us. Yeah, I, the, I haven't heard it in a, in a while. He said, I'm going to turn it over to Willie's Roadhouse. I hope that doesn't turn off listeners. I hope they don't turn this on and say, Motherfucker, I hate the fucking bull. <laughs> they didn't give me free tickets to Bricks and Dunn <laughs> in 2003. 98.1 the bull. <laughs> um, 20 years ago, the United States went to war in Iraq to destroy Saddam Hussein's weapons of mass destruction. I thought there weren't any. I thought, well, let's just start with the consensus on this, Dave, is that they never found those. They never found those. Except for an arsenal of chemical warfare shells and warheads, those weapons weren't there. Well, okay. Okay. Saddam had shut down his efforts to build a nuclear bomb as well as his biological warfare program. I like that. I like that Saddam knew when to fold. He was like, boys, let's be real. We're never (laughs) going to get a nuclear weapon in my life. One, we ain't got a, a damn biologist in this fucking place. Cradle of civilization, and look at him. Instead, he thwarted and resisted international weapons inspectors in order to bluff the world into believing that he still possessed capabilities for mass killing. I also respect that. It's like, boys, we will never build a nuclear bomb. But we're sure shit gonna make the world think we did. Yeah, that's like Timbo Reed, mm. old friend of mine. Never saw him fight, but I also never saw a five four man strike fear in the hearts like he did. <laughs> so I think it was just the presumption that he was yeah. a bruiser, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's what you want in life. You yeah. want to give off that yeah. that vibe. 
Saddam's best hidden secret was his, at least, temporary weakness. The U.S. went to war to build a democracy in Iraq. That did not work well either. Iraq does have elections, but the governments produced by those elections have been frail, unstable, and corrupt. The most recent elections were held in October 2021. It took a year of wrangling afterward to form Iraq's President Edmund. The U.S. hoped the regime change in Iraq would build, bring stability to the Arab Middle East. Instead, Iraq plunged into civil war. No. Nobody could have saw that coming. No. Libya and Syria soon followed. No. Also, to <laughs> the events we had no <laughs> role in whatsoever. A gruesome, ultra-radical caliphate seized territory and revenue from both Iraq and Syria. Millions of refugees headed toward Europe, upending the politics of that continent. The war transformed U.S. politics, too. The presidential hopes of Hillary Clinton and Jeb Bush numbered among the casualties of Iraq. <laughs> what? The presidential hopes of Hillary Clinton and Jeb Bush were casualties of Iraq? <laughs> oh, you got a million, million dead. I mean, this is often quoted stat. And tantamount to those that genocide, you're going to throw in <laughs> the hopes, the presidential <laughs> hopes of Hillary Clinton and Jeb Bush. Okay. Um, okay. Is that another reason why that he needs to seek a second, another assessment? He, he needs another assessment as possible. Donald Trump reinvented himself as an after-the-fact opponent of the Iraq War, and that repositioning helped him into power in 2016. Saddest of all, the war took a grim toll on the people of Iraq and the armed forces of the U.S. and its coalition partners. What coalition partners? There were like three. Weren't there like six troops from France? They were like, these is the most we will give you. Yeah, there was Tony Blair. He was all in. <laughs> yeah, that, that tr- you're right. The British did send troops. <clears throat> More than 4,000 U.S. and coalition troops were killed. Thousands were gravely injured, wounded, blah, blah, blah. Had Americans known that all this lay ahead, who would have supported the war back in two, oh 2003? <laughs> so he says, David's like, I'm Americans. <laughs> Shortly before his death, dude, even me, eighth grade Terrence, shouty looking fresh because I just got my hair cut. Even I knew that I was telling, I was even telling my barbers that probably. Yeah. I was like, guys, I don't think, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know about this war. <laughs> Did you I know? may we'll be there forever. <laughs> Have you ever looked at the board of directors of Halliburton? <laughs> Shortly before his death, the late Senator John McCain wrote a final assessment of the war he had supported so strongly at the time. The war with its costs and lives and treasure and security. Treasure? Treasure? <laughs> that a, Was there treasure? I think that's Did a that, Freudian Is that why we went... Because they we thought with treasure. <laughs> we treasure. He's just like, I can't. I'm, I'm on my deathbed. Why even pretend? Why even pretend? We thought we would find gold yeah. balloons. Yeah. <laughs> Originally, guys, we imagined this was more of a scavenger hunt. <laughs> Turned into a decades-long, gruesome conflict. Um, I have to accept my share of the blame for it. Um, that's Damn. What, that's what John McCain said. Oh. But from no, from would never say that. <laughs> well, he did say I supported the war as well as a speechwriter in the George Bush administration, and then afterward as a writer and speaker. I believe the intelligence that Iraq was generating was attempting to reconstitute its embryonic nuclear program, as it had done after is- Israel destroyed its Osiric reactor in 1981. I heard that word a lot growing up. Osiric, 
Osir- Osiric Reactor. Hmm. It's a good name. It's a strong name for a nuclear reactor. If you're, you're going to name your nuclear reactor anything, call it Osiric. Or, uh, Osiric. Like Osiris, but Os- yeah. belonging to or of Osiris. Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. O-S-I-R-A-K. I was horrified, too, by Saddam's cruelties against his own people and his aggressions against his neighbors. Uh, didn't we fucking give Saddam money and, you know, materi- military equipment to fight the war against Iran in the 80s? We fucking... Yeah, that's how it came to power. We funded his ass. Yeah. We fucking... We, we sponsored Saddam's cruelties against his own people and his aggressions against his neighbors. I shared the broad bipartisan post-9-11 consensus that the U.S. must act more preemptively against organizations and states that use terrorism as a tool, as Saddam's Iraq had undoubtedly done in the past. Under, okay, dude, yeah, it is 2003. Maybe that's why I've got fucking high school classes on the brain right now, because it was 20 years ago, this very month, that the war in Iraq kicked off. Kicked off. Yeah. Can I tell you where I was at when the war kicked off? Yeah, where were you? <laughs> I had a five disc changer in my bedroom, mm-hmm. and my sister. Those were dope. My sister was in the hospital getting gallstones taken out, uh-huh. and my mom was up there with her, so we had the house to myself. Mm-hmm. Me and my friend Steve had just came back from Sam Goody. I'd purchased uh, uh, the autobiography DMX, <laughs> co-written by Smokey D. Fontaine. <laughs> We had two girls there with us. Oh, hell girl yeah. Samantha, he was dating, and her friend Andrea. Did you say you want to come over to the HVAC with me? Well, Just no, me and you? No, I took her back to my bedroom. I treated her like a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on that five disc changer, I had uh, Char uh, R Kelly's Chocolate Factory uh. and Happy People's a two disker. Mm-hmm. And then I had Talib Kweli's Quality. See, for those of you who don't know, dude, that fuck, I burned the shit out of Tyler Quality. Tyler Quality's quality. Yeah. <laughs> just to get high. Just to yeah. get high. Well, Andrew put a <laughs> ring of hickeys around my neck while while that. Bom, 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 clack, 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 that song. <laughs> came on. And uh, then my mom was, told me she was coming home. So I was like, oh, we got to we go. We got to go. We got to go. So I didn't really have a good excuse for why I had a ring of bruises around my neck. But then I, <laughs> the Iraq War, Mom. Yeah, it's the Iraq War. Yeah, this is the this is what it's done to me. Uh, yeah, this is the fog of war, uh-huh. Mom. And I turned the TV on. I said, "Damn, we're going in." <laughs> <laughs> you were watching. Well, then you know, then it's like you know how they they fucking gassed us up for two years mm-hmm. on that. Well, yeah, they played just constant footage. Of like the you know you remember like the nighttime, um, you know like the night vision footage they would play, yeah. Of like fucking Baghdad just getting blown to smithereens. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And they I, did that in the first Gulf War too. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember that one as well. I, I, was, rem- I remember that to some degree. I was really young, but yeah, it was. I was terrified of Saddam Hussein. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I was a total dumbass, but like, I was convinced that there was going to be an Iraqi Scud missile come through my bedroom window. <laughs> I mean, I thought that's how I thought that he had one with my name uh-huh. on it. <laughs> Tom Sexton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what I thought. 
That's what I thought. We were told that. Yeah, yeah you're right. It's, <laughs> it's really sad. It's really, really fucked up. Under Saddam, there seemed little to zero hope for positive change from inside Iraq, in contrast to its neighbor Iran, where the best bet that seemed to me and still does to be non-military support for Iranian dissidents, liberals, feminists, and Democrats. In the judgment I made on Iraq, I dangerously overestimated the prospects for foreign intervention to build a stable and decent replacement regime. Those are my explanations to the extent that anyone cares about them. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're good on that, though. <laughs> explanations. I love that. Those are my explanations to the extent that anyone cares about them. Like, he's going to Like, be... he knows he's washed a little bit, <laughs> that man. With that line is like, yeah, anybody cares. I <laughs> Yet, as we make our appraisals at the 20-year mark, we need to reconsider another assessment. Where would the United States, Iraq, and the region be today if the U.S. had left Saddam in place in 2003? What are you talking about? Probably much better. I mean, I don't know. Like, Saddam Hussein didn't sound like the best guy. What if What but, if, What if? if Saddam Hussein would have pulled the... Uh, um, you know how, like, at a certain point, Gaddafi kind of, like, capitulated uh-huh. and, like, and kind of played ball to try to improve his international image or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, which was, like, I kind of liked him when he was just kind of, uh, you a know. Rogue. Well, I liked him kind of when he, like, didn't have anything but a leaky barrel mustard gas, but he was like, no, I'll destroy <laughs> I'll I'll destroy every grain of sand from here to the seven seas or whatever, you know. Like, he was like the bad dude of the late Uh 80s, you know. Yeah. I liked when he was playing that image up a little bit rather than reframing Mm -hmm. himself as like, you know, a guy that went straight, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I have. I have. We should have told you something about like everything that they said on TV about Gaddafi. Mm Because let me tell you something. He was really responsible for the Lockerbie bombing. They would have killed his ass a long oh, time. Oh yeah, one thousand. <laughs> they had to have him as like the bogeyman, you know. Yeah, just like they had to have Saddam Hussein. I mean, you think Saddam? You think there is a universe where Saddam would have had like a a face turn? Yeah, because he had a heel turn. Yeah. Because he was literally, like I said, we like held he, him up in the eighties. Yeah. You know, we gave them fucking all kinds of military. Uh, equipment, resources, money to fight Iran, yeah. and then he was a bad guy in the nineties. Yeah, it's like okay, David. If he if we would have just left him in place, he probably would have come back around to being another fucking hero. Just because it's all fucking a game, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. like, is who, there a universe? For, I mean, I'm and again not to let Saddam off the hook for his brutality or anything like that, but like, do you think there is a universe where, in this sick fucking game of whatever? Like, he wins a Nobel Prize in, like, 2013 for, like... Probably. You know what I mean? Like, that's, like, really, that's the margin for, like, everybody in, like, global politics. Uh Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, all you have to do is ingratiate yourself to the empire or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're right. David writes, Had Saddam remained in power beyond 2003, he would have recovered his former oil wealth, and with that wealth, his ability to harm his subjects and his neighbors. We can only guess how the Saddam Hussein story would have ended, but what happened next door in Syria is a clue. There, too, a family dynasty, like the one Saddam was building, ruled by terror. As in Iraq, the Syrian regime enriched a religious minority and subordinated the local religious majority. The result was to add a ferocious sectarian hatred to a revolt against tyranny. Bashar al-Assad's regime has survived, of course. 
its Russian allies committed terrible atrocities, bombing and massacring r- Syrian civilians. Assad himself used poison gas as a weapon, as Saddam had done against Kurds in the 1980s. Yeah, who who uh, who basically walks the Kurds into that situation? I don't know. Fucking <laughs> U.S. It's like it's like how many fucking times? I mean, it it is so as a tangent. It is so fucking just disgusting how these ghouls always use the Kurds as like this, you know, football football when they have never done shit for them. Yeah, I don't know. It left them high and dry numerous times to be massacred and everything else. Yeah. Uh, opponents of the George W. Bush administration often contrasted the supposedly bad war in Iraq to the good war in Afghanistan. Well, not me. I thought they were both fucked up. Uh, go talk to my barber. Go right talk now. to my barber. Go find his ass. I, t- I told him that day. <laughs> well, this is fucked up. <laughs> Um, yet the good war ended in utter defeat. The Taliban, so, so did the fucking bad war. Yeah. <laughs> they both ended with us getting fucking washed. <laughs> the bad war, meanwhile, yielded battlefield victories, first during the 2007 surge, then even more emphatically in the fight against the Islamic State. Bruh, dude, the fucking fact that the Islamic State came into power in the first place is a massive L. Yeah. It just proves how not right. how we did not win in any right. way. Yeah. Oh man. Um, Post ISIS Iraq is an uneasy place, infiltrated by Iran politically and econ- economically. The U.S. has hit back hard against Iranian co- interference. Um, the U.S. is also still partnered with Iraq, if awkwardly so. Blah 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 blah. Anyways, um, let's let's read the final paragraph here. I wonder if he's. The invasion of Ukraine has recalled the people of the Western democracies to themselves. There, this is the last paragraph. There are times when free people must fight in self-defense. No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. He's like tr- putting out the call for the Power Rangers that got us into Iraq to come back <laughs> yes. for this one. Yeah. That truth must not be lost, whatever lessons we draw from the Iraq war. And perhaps the commitment to share that freedom with the people of Iraq is not yet lost either. They have gained a chance, and their story is not over. Oh my God, this guy, this guy needs a overweight HVAC technician, East Kentucky HVAC technician, to fall out of his ceiling. Well, this guy he- wasn't overweight. This guy was pretty felt, <laughs> to be honest with you. Oh, uh, was he? Yeah, <laughs> he was fit. Yeah, he's fit as a fiddle. Well, I'm saying, from while he's working at his computer, he needs one who's not svelte. To fall on his fucking ass, <laughs> crushing him to death, and say, oh, "Are you gonna learn today, David?" That's a you gonna learn today. That's 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 one for the safety books. <laughs> that's my favorite saying in the world. Oh, you gonna oh you gonna learn today? <laughs> it's the only it's the only funny thing Kevin Hart's ever said. Is that a Kevin Hart thing? Yeah. No, dude. I've heard old timers saying that since I was a kid. Do you think Kevin Hart came up with that? No, nah, I mean, it's what he said his dad said. Oh, yeah. I got to the... That's fucked up. He used that as a, as a bit. See, I could have done that, because I had old-timers telling me that when I was a kid. And you, that could have been you starting aside Dwayne The Rock Johnson and these buddy comedies. Man, that could have been me saying, oh, you going to learn today, Rock. And The Rock says, that's no. right. <laughs> know your role. <laughs> Is that what he says in that? Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth? Dude, The Rock is a guy that I thought was just the coolest guy on the planet for about three years. And now... No? 
now he just I don't know. No. You locked her out. Um playing devil's advocate. Oh, okay. I don't really have a feeling one way or the other. No. I think he's pretty he just like really wants to be the most famous guy alive. I would never have sex with a dude like The Rock. It's just way too buff. You know what I'm saying? It wouldn't be fun. More of a Dave <laughs> Batista man. <laughs> no, nah, not even Dave Batista. He's too big too. Okay. I think it'd have to be like, um, who's that guy that dated Phoebe Bridgers? Paul Mescal. Oh God, I was gonna go in a different direction. I'd fuck Paul Mescal. Yeah, you and or, yeah, get in line, pal. I'd fuck Paul Mescal and Pop. Uh, what's the guy in the Pedro? Pedro Pascal. Pascal. I'd fuck Paul Mescal, Mescal and Pascal. Pascal. Yeah. I'd fuck those two guys together <laughs> <laughs> inside the HVAC. Oh my God. Let's see if we can't crop in that ceiling and make some things happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, dude, we squeezed almost an hour and a half out of this. What time is it? That's an hour and 18 minutes. I'm supposed to stream with... It's 5.15. Oh, okay. What time's your stream? Six. Oh, man. You're fucked. What? There's no way you're going to get to your stream in 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you can walk to the next room in 45 minutes. <laughs> No fucking way! You're fucked. Bro, you're what good. are you gonna do? Bro, call Brian. And tell him you're not gonna be able to make it. <laughs> you're not gonna be able to fucking make it. You're fucked. <laughs> um. Okay. Thanks for listening this week, everybody. This is like the first time we got to record in person in a minute. Probably not since the episode where we talked about Adam Levine's sexts. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. That's one. probably the last time we recorded in person. Dang, your body is so... Fuck. 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 <laughs> Fuck. I mean, you know, it's it happens. That's that's me in Mescal well, and Pascal's. Here's the thing. You've seen Diplo came out today and said he has received oral sex from a man before. Oh, and while he doesn't know if he would call himself gay, maybe he is slightly, <laughs> maybe he is slightly into dudes. What he said, and well, that's funny on its face. There is also such thing as like being, becoming desensitized to pussy because you've gotten so much. You know what I mean? You think that's what happened? <laughs> maybe it's like you know that like everything that's just kind of like left to center is like this is what I'm into now because I'm just tired of the you know I can see that I can see that. that's a crazy life to well, live I know but the funny thing is is like you would think Adam Levine would have that same stop gap in place but but the thing is is like this is actually a great distinction because I don't think Adam Levine actually fucks like he he does I'm sure he does he has sex but like he doesn't he probably doesn't fuck he's one of those guys that spends way too much time trying to fuck when he yeah. could have just already fucked. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, whereas Diplo probably doesn't give a fuck. Diplo's like, oh, fuck anyone. Yeah. And he always has been like that. Yeah. And that's why he's like, I'm kind of not really feeling. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like pussy these days. Celebrities. Yeah, like as far as celebrities go, Diplo's like a guy you could have sex with tomorrow if you really want. Easily. That. Easily. Adam Levine. Yeah, you'd have to. You'd have to run. You'd have to go through so many fucking loops. <sighs> you'd have to let him flirt with you and like fucking take you out and do all this fucking bullshit i had friends like that i had a i had a really good friend like that who would like get way more into the production of it than actually just fucking i'd be like dude what come to think of it 
I had a homoerotic thing with that dude, so <laughs> well, he probably won't. Come to think of it, he did that. <laughs> he did that to me. <laughs> he did. He did actually do that to me. So maybe that's maybe that explains it. <clears throat> well, anyways, uh, go check out the picture. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's got 43 minutes to get to the next yeah. room. 42. In the show, man, I have to go. <laughs> 42 minutes. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Let's just drag out this like ending <laughs> for 42 minutes. It's hard to stop when you're recording in person for the first time in a long time. Yeah. It's hard to just stop. How do you just stop it? I can't just press the button. It's like that would end this conversation. If I press the button that would end this conversation, we would put our microphones down and our headphones down, and then we would enter a new kind of conversation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we should walk around with this thing at all times. <laughs> yeah. That way we never have to chat. We never have to turn it. You always get the real me. Yes. You always. It's, it's like Siamese twins, but for podcasting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we're never, like, split. <laughs> There's that, always a Zoom recorder between. Always a Zoom recorder between. Why didn't I ever think about that before? <laughs> we could have been we could have for five six years. We could have been doing this whole thing. Yeah, joined at the hip by a Zoom recorder. God, that could have been an amazing experiment. That would have been awful. I'm like be honest a, with no, you. <laughs> it could have been like a Truman Show type experiment. <laughs> While we're fucking, oh, eating everything, we'd be, be right here. Now we got the radio. So yeah, nothing on but the radio. <laughs> All right, uh, go to the Patreon p a t r e o n dot com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. Please go check that out. Go subscribe, like, and subscribe, and uh, go tell your friends. Um, until next time, uh, keep uh, keep on keep uh, uh, keep your dreams alive. There you go. That's a good one. Keep yeah. your dreams alive, <laughs> and, especially if they are yeah. about. Marilyn Manson converting. getting saved. <laughs> Keep your dreams alive. And listen, if you get sucked off by God, doesn't mean you gay necessarily. <laughs> there's all kinds of different interpretations. All, of that. Yeah, there's all kinds of different. Yeah, just like a dream. Yeah. There's all kinds of different <laughs> yeah. interpretations. All kinds, a lot of things can be going on there. Just keep your, just keep them alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep those dreams alive. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. <laughs>